Welcome to the Walk On Mentality Podcast, where we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, pro athletes, endurance athletes, and other professionals who at one point in their life were a walk-on and talk about how those experiences translate into the real world. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Jackson Mitchell, and we are back with another episode of the Walk On Mentality Podcast. I say this every week. We're back with another fantastic guest. This week in the studio with me is Dominic Cruciani. Dom, I appreciate you joining me on the show. We appreciate you having me here, Jackson. Yes, sir. Dom is a former South Lake Carroll Dragon, UT Longhorn, now attorney at law. That's right. <laughs> um, so I'm super excited to, to dive into Dom's story. He's got some great knowledge and wisdom to share with you guys, and I hope you enjoy. So without further ado, let's get into it. Dom, what? Uh, tell me about your background, man. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Moved to South Lake when I was about third grade or so. So I, I came up in South Lake, stayed there all throughout high school. I uh, went down to Austin for, for college, played four years of ball down there, uh, and then came back up to Dallas for law school, went to SMU three years there, just finished up. Uh, it's been practicing law now for uh, a year on, on to my second year. Up Very in Dallas. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So growing up in South Lake, football powerhouse when did you first start playing football and what what motivated you to first start playing football so I didn't I didn't start playing football till seventh grade and when I did I was no good I was on I was on C team seventh eighth grade uh, and then I almost quit uh, when I was going to my freshman year uh, there was this like pivotal moment where I brought my schedule to my dad and, and I said uh, Dad, I want to take honors art. He said, "Well, where's football?" Honors art. Honors art, man. <laughs> okay. And he said, "He said, where's football?" I said, "Oh, there's a conflict." He said, "Nah." <laughs> I, 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 he's like, "I think we need to re-question that one." So I appreciate him. I went a lot farther with football, I think, than I would have with art. Yeah, yeah. And then did uh, four years of varsity wrestling as well. Okay. And uh, slowly worked my way up. Something I, I heard you uh, mention before is double dipping. I didn't get into that till I was a junior. Uh, but that that's really when I felt like I started coming to my own at South Lake. Okay, so C team when you were young and uh, almost quit freshman year. Mm-hmm. Obviously didn't do that. Played freshman sophomore. Mm-hmm. I know in South Lake there are levels on freshman and sophomore team as well. Were you C team at that level too, or where, where were you at? Freshman year, I might have been B team, but like not by much if I was. Yeah. And then just kind of slowly starting starting to work my way up. I got you, and yeah. you kind of developed. And of course, at that point in time, you already hit puberty, but you really started to kind of know what you were capable yeah, of. Yeah, man, I found found the weight room uh, sophomore year. Started really seeing some results by junior and into senior year. Wrestling helped a ton. Yeah, uh, especially playing D line. It's all about that leverage. Yeah, leverage and power. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's funny, man. The the wrestling thing, like, especially at D line, to be able to maneuver like low to the ground. I know for me, one thing I used to always get ripped about when I was playing was pad level. Mm-hmm. And so I know if you're wrestling and you're in that grappling position, like you got to be the low man to win, right? It, it translates to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, started to come into your own junior year. Uh, double dipping so walk me through your double dipping experience and tell the listeners you know they may have not listened to my episode what what is double dipping so double dipping means you're going through uh you're you're not quite on varsity yet you're playing on on jv uh but you're you're kind of on the cusp and so you practice all week 
uh, with with the JV squad in the mornings and then the afternoons you'll go practice a lot of scout team stuff on on varsity you'll uh, except on Thursdays and then because uh, you're playing on you're playing that your JV game mm-hmm. and then on Friday you get to suit out with uh, with the varsity so it's almost a, you're, you're getting a lot of experience it's it's uh it can be hard a lot of times and you're just, you're living breathing football but you get a lot better yeah. at football doing that man yeah and I would be curious to know from your perspective I mean do you feel like double dipping is something that I mean obviously you said you found the weight room sophomore year but would you say double dipping is something that was kind of integral in your development of your work ethic and your the way that you work because I know for me like when I think about double dipping and having to manage, you know, practice with JV, practice with varsity, and of course it's high school, so it's not like the workload is mm-hmm. tremendous, but it's exhausting. Um, and in my opinion, it definitely prepared me for college athletics and so oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think just being at South Lake generally uh, is about a, as good a prep as you can can have to play at the next level, but, man, especially doing, uh, doing double dipping it, you just it's one of those translatable skills of time management yeah. that when you're you're sucking up that much time with with sports you got to keep your grades up you got to live your life still mm-hmm. uh, I think that that was kind of a an X factor in prep because I mean once once we got to the college level it was kind of all consuming yeah yeah and, 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 it, and it was not our first uh, first rodeo there though right no doubt so you know getting the swing of things you're double dipping go through junior year um you know also wrestling you got a lot on your plate so once we get to senior year let's start talking about like take me through your whole senior season from fall camp to the end and I'm gonna make the assumption that or actually let's back up so JV green double dipping year passes you Mm -hmm. get to spring ball before your senior year where were you at on the depth chart you're playing D-line were you getting any mail from schools, or what was the landscape of that time in your career? So at that point, I had gotten you know a couple playoff reps as a junior, so mm-hmm. I had essentially no film yet for for any colleges to look at. Uh, so I, I walked into spring ball not having any letters really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might have got a couple uh, throughout my senior year. I was getting more for from wrestling than I was football at that time. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I was I was a clear starter at, at nose guard at South Lake. Um, had Scott Crawford and Kyle Blair there on uh, bookending me, mm-hmm. and um, was was in a good spot there. Felt like I was coming into a leadership role definitely. Um, and then that uh, that spring, I remember going up and training in Colorado in the mountains for, for <laughs> wrestling and coming back down just being in phenomenal shape. Yeah. With the altitude training. Um, yeah, man, just crushed it at, at performance course. Uh, and then going into fall camp, it was, I don't know, I think that's one of the most fun times you'll ever have playing high school football is fall mm-hmm. camp, senior year. High school, it's just like you're, you're. It's the first time you're you're really getting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, living living football, but in a different way. When, yeah. when you're taking on a leadership role, you're playing yeah. a big role in the defense. I'm sure you had a similar experience there. Well, because you were. I mean, I remember, dude. I was a couple years behind you, but like Dom, the nose guard, yeah. the dude <laughs> who was like jacked and had the mohawk yeah, and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Man. Like, um, you were definitely somebody who like the younger guys were like that guy's about his business and I'm thinking sitting here now I'm thinking about what there was the the team off towel right yeah I had the team off towel that was a D-line towel Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you had to have been a team captain, right? Yeah, I was yeah, so. <laughs> team, team captain for football and, and for wrestling. So ma- made my way up from, from, from honors C-C. art eventually. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Honors art to team captain, yeah. team off towel. And yeah, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about performance course and then um, what that meant to rock the team off towel. Oh, man. So performance course was... I know, I, I know you, you, uh, you and I have worked out a few times and, and you've always been uh, kind of a weight room warrior yourself, but I know, I, I've always really found that to be a great outlet when yeah. you're dealing with, dealing with life stuff uh, and, and just really a place to thrive. I mean, that continued on, on through, uh, through Texas as well. Like mm-hmm. I, was, I was living with the iron for a while yep. there. Uh, and it, it's it's a lot of fun, honestly. You just really get to to bring all your strengths to bear, uh, and it's it's you enter into the season just in the best spot you can be, really. Yeah. And I think that's for a long time. A lot of people have caught on to it now that like, oh, being a really good athlete helps you be good at football. So yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then man, the uh, team off towel. I just remember when I when I got it. Uh, it's, it says bangarang on it. That's what it and, was. Yeah. It, but uh, the Trench Mafia, yeah. the bang ring towel. That's from, uh, I think that's a vintage from Robert Prigmore. Okay. Yeah, I think. SLC I think, legend? Yeah. Dude, man, it, it don't, don't get much better than that. Yeah. But I, I just remember when I, when I got that, I'm like, okay. So I'm like, that kind of, I felt like it solidified me, gave, gave me that little extra confidence. Of like, right. I'm walking around, got a little swag here, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So walk me through the senior season. And obviously there came a point in time where you decided to walk on mm-hmm. at the next level. Uh, I guess a good question would be, were you getting heavily recruited for wrestling? Did you have some opportunities to go wrestle anywhere or what was the yeah, wrestling I was, situation? I was getting some offers for, for wrestling, but I don't know. I, I never really actively sought out um, get, being recruited. I know a lot of people, they'll, like, they'll send out their film, they'll attend a bunch of combines and, and camps and stuff. I, I never really even projected onto the next level. I grew up a Longhorn fan my whole life. Mm. Uh, I, I kind of my brother had walked on at uh, at Texas before I had, um, so I I always kind of had that as my target. And so you know I don't I don't think I had the uh, on paper stats to to get direct recruited directly to Texas. So I knew <laughs> I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I you know you grow up in in Texas playing football. You're like. That's where I want to end up. Right, like, I gotta go play football. Yeah, Texas. exactly, man. So I didn't actively pursue it, and I didn't really get a lot of it, uh, independent of that. Mm-hmm. But but I knew where I want to end up. Right. So so then, what was the process for, you know, earning yourself a spot on the team, dude? So it's it started out back in back then. They had a two week process of of walking on and. I, I think I was a preferred walk-on, but uh, <laughs> a big part of the strength coach at the time uh, named Benny Wiley, who's at Oklahoma now. Yeah. Yeah. He, man, he, he's one of the best in business, but he was he was all about the psychological warfare, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it was essentially just a two-week period to see, like, if he could get you to quit. Yeah. And he would do pull out every every uh, trick in the bag to, to try and get under your skin, but uh, persevere, and I feel like the, the group of guys that I walked on with, I look back now and be like, man, those are some of my brothers. Yeah. And, and that's really where, where a lot of it was forged right off the bat of like, man, if we can get through that, like, yeah, 
Or some dudes. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's why, like, the summer strength conditioning, that's one of the biggest things I miss because you're just grinding with your brothers mm-hmm. and you're fighting through the adversity. And it's it's fun. Like, if you love it, it's fun. But if you don't really love that particular aspect of it, it's probably miserable for you. Yeah. And so whenever you're fighting through that adversity with your brothers, it builds that family. Um, and that was de- that's definitely some of my favorite memories from football, for sure. Yeah, man. And, and you ended up, did you coach at PC? Um, so I coached one summer mm-hmm. um, of PC. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah I do. And it was I, I loved it because I've been in those shoes and mm-hmm. I, you know, could coach up the guys from experience and can talk about you know. I remember when I was in your shoes, yada yada yada. Like I, I loved it because uh, I also I just love to pour back into mm-hmm. you know the generation before me. Like um, not that I'm some old guy, but you know <laughs> any opportunity I have to go back to wherever I started whether that be south lake or smu like i'm all about that yeah um and what you can contribute to the yeah. next next generation being yeah. successful man right when did you coach so i coached this summer before i went to ut okay so i, I you know you coach all day mm-hmm. uh, teach the technique over and over and then go do it yourself with a bunch of guys that are go about to go play at the next level here yep. so i showed up in like I know my, my on paper combine stats were, were pretty on point. awesome that year. <laughs> I was like, might might try and go go here. So actually that that brings me to a question. So when I got to SMU from South Lake, uh-huh. I remember thinking, Man, this is this can't be college football. Like this is this is too easy. <laughs> yeah. I know you just mentioned Coach Wiley basically trying to break you guys, uh-huh. but was there any part of you that felt like, Man, I can handle this all day? I mean, after the, the walk-on process, honestly, that was one of the, the hardest points. But, you know, there, when I first got there, I remember just crushing workouts. And, and I'd be sitting there, I'd be sitting there, uh, you know, outlifting a lot of the scholarship guys that are, you know, upperclassmen and, like, had 40, 40 50 pounds. I mean, I'm outworking them. I'm like, maybe I can handle it yeah. here, man. Uh, but, you know, there are also points in the offseason that, you will get humbled <laughs> because <laughs> Quickly. I, don't, I don't care who you are. They ain't easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. So I actually want to talk a little bit more about the, you know, the two week process you're talking about. So basically did you go on campus um, at UT and then, you know, you mentioned you, you felt like your preferred walk on. So did you communicate with the coaching staff and say, Hey, I'm coming. I want to play. Obviously you mentioned your older brother mm-hmm. was on the team. Yeah, so you I had a connection that. there. So yeah. Was it you reached out and said, I'll be there, I want to play? Or did you just show up and they had a sign posted that said, you know, walk on trials? No, no, it, it was uh, the former. So, yeah, my, having my brother there before me certainly helped me get an in. Uh, I sent over my, my uh, highlight tape from college and they spoke with some of my uh, coaches from South Lake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you show up and, I mean, I had like gear ready for me. Right. Um, when when I when I show up for the for the workouts, so I'm like, okay, I, if, I, if I get through, like they're already throwing me some gear, like it's it's looking good, but right. um, I, I don't think it was explicit as like you are a preferred walk. I got you, I got yeah. you. Um, so were there guys who didn't make it through that two week? There were a couple guys. Like the the majority of us made it through, but uh, there were a few guys that just like they they couldn't handle it. They had yeah. other priorities, like. They want to go have just like a f- more uh, normal, fun college, college experience. experience, and it's like I don't think it's for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think you can learn. You learn pretty quickly um, mm-hmm. if you feel like if it's not for you, 
you learn very quickly that it's not for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because waking up early in the morning and going to practice or weights or film study and then going to class all day. And then, you know, I know for me, like, being a preferred walk-on, I didn't have study hall hours, but all the scholarship guys, they had study hall hours that they were required to get. It was like eight hours a week. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're going from practice to class to study hall. And then they got to, you know do whatever else they need to handle. And like you said, some people, that's just not really their cup of tea, and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, you find out real quick uh, if it's not for you. Yeah, do you, it, it, you have to be pretty regimented mm -hmm. to be able to handle that. And I don't know, I thrive on, on, on that. Yeah. I, I was like uh, being just disciplined with my time management, being able to get all my stuff done, uh, you know, that feeling of, you know, you hear people complaining about waking for their waking up for the eight o'clock class, and I'm like, you're like, bro, oh, for I've, real? I've accomplished more already than, than you will by lunch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, talk me through your freshman year at UT. Uh, come on, walk on. Uh -huh. UT is a Big Twelve school. I mean, it's a historically known institution. Like Texas football is, I mean, I would say it's legendary. Yeah. So, when you first got there, obviously we know the background, we know the pedigree. What was your mindset when you first got on campus? So when I first got on campus, I walked on and like right before the season started. Uh, so that first season, you know, I'm out, I'm out here just doing scouting. Like uh, there were points where I was like, okay, I'm I'm going against some dudes, like yeah. some some really high, highly recruited highly recruited guys, and like you know, you, you start off just kind of feeling the waters. But man, I want you're playing fullback. You cannot walk in tentative. So, <laughs> yeah, so right. I, I just kind of approached it with the mindset of like, okay, like I'm I'm gonna like bring all I got mm. and and let's see let's see uh, how the die die turn out here. And man, there's some days that that it turned out well. Yeah. And, and I'm like I'm walking out around with my chest puffed out a little bit. Like okay, like I I can, I'm not just uh, getting the licks. Like I'm dishing them out too. But right. then there's other days where I'm like, oh, okay, right. these guys these guys can play. And I'm trying to think. <laughs> You, I'm trying to think who you played with when you were at UT because I know there was at least one linebacker who was a stud. And if you're fullback, you're touching, you're you know, you're mm -hmm. going against some linebackers. Obviously, yeah. you're blocking some D linemen as well. Yeah. yeah. Can you think of anybody who sticks out as some like hard hitters that you played with while you were at UT? Just like pure hard hitters. I mean, especially when when uh, he was a youngster, Dalton Santos mm -hmm. was just I know that name. Yeah, he was he's a middle linebacker, giant head. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just a huge dude and like especially when he was a freshman he, just, he was one of those guys who just played reckless right just didn't care yeah. about their body but I mean as far as just like best linebackers I went against probably Jordan Hicks man he's a he's a captain with the Cardinals now yep. and I mean I, I remember going against him sometimes like you know he can beat with speed he can beat with power yep. I mean just <laughs> just the, the complete package I mean right. he was one of the highest recruited guys coming out of high school his year right and uh, part of uh Five Star Friday. Yeah. What are, what, what's Five Star Friday? Oh, we, we just picked up a couple uh, massive recruits on oh. Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Him being one of them. And yeah, he, he lived up to the hype. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Captain the Cardinals. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So take me through your career then. So my time at UT was kind of, I mean, it, it seems similar to, to your story in this respect that I, I kind of had two parts to it. Mm -hmm. That I had my, my first two years with Mac Brown. In my sec, my last two years with Charlie Strong. Mm -hmm. So, as a as a walk on coming into Mac Brown's Texas, like 
I'm I'm just uh, barely barely even registering on the radar. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a little fish in a big pond. Yeah, no joke. Um, and I just kind of earn earn my time, try to do my best to earn the respect of my teammates, and just really put in that work. Mm-hmm. Show show I was committed and dedicated and willing to do whatever I needed to do mm-hmm. to help the team ultimately win, which is always the goal, right? Yep. You're you're playing whatever role you can towards that end. Uh, and at the same time, just trying to put myself in the best position I can to succeed, both in school and in uh, the weight room, uh, and film, just doing, trying to do all the little things right, mm-hmm. control all the things I can control. And and uh, you know, when Charlie Strong came in, he, he brought in a whole new coaching staff. So mm-hmm. all that work, kind of on one hand, was was put off to the side. But on the other hand, he didn't recruit any of these players. He doesn't have right. any ties to them. Uh, so it was, it was kind of a clean slate for everyone, myself included. And I think uh, me more than a lot of guys really benefited from that. Yeah. Like, I, I uh, was able to get on with uh, every every special teams. I was on the depth chart, mm-hmm. um, you know, vying for comp, some playing time there, just competing on, on all of them. Uh, stop, stop being like have as much of a scout team role, mm-hmm. was uh, battling for a starting position at fullback. Um, with uh, old Alex De La Torre over there, mm-hmm. so yeah, we we were we were going back and forth, and uh, like that spring ball, for instance, like when Charlie Strong first came in, he was uh, he's he can be kind of a drill sergeant sometimes. He, he's oh, yeah. a he's a good dude, but he's he's. Uh, I mean, no, look at that bald head. You know he's got. Uh huh. Yeah, dude. He, he, <laughs> he's all business. He's out there. I mean, it was totally different styles. Like Mac was um, was you know the governor. Mm-hmm. You know he's. He he runs from up top. He can he can roll with all the boosters. Uh, he can play the politician role and the head coach role. Right. And then you know Charlie Strong's out there running sprints with us after he has already run five miles before the workout starts. Right. So it's like couldn't it be more different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, we uh, my junior junior that spring ball uh, to help instill some toughness in the team and just kind of break us down and to build us back up. Charlie Strong would run. You know, thirty plays straight at goal line sometimes, oh, and and as a fullback, like I'm in there every play. Every play, uh-huh. crushing schools. Yeah, and and Dela had uh, had separated his shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, like second or third practice, so he was out. So I was running <laughs> ones, twos, threes, goal line, wow, for right out of the bat. So that that after that, man, I was like, I can do anything. Here. Yeah, like like it, it has a way when when you're going through trials like that. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll you kind of find out what you're made of, and I'm like, it, it was a big confidence boost. I was like, I'm not afraid of anyone on this team. I'm not afraid of anyone in the Big Twelve, you know. Dude. So it, it really builds that competitive fire. That's awesome. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. So that was your junior year. So talk about some big games and some big moments you had, you know, after going through that coaching transition. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've seen a photo of you with the gold hat on. Yeah, so yeah. What are some of your uh, your highs from your time at UT? Dude, I mean, highs definitely up there are just getting getting on the travel team. Mm-hmm. I was like one of three guys. I think Ty Templin and Clark Warren were the other two that were uh, two-year travel squad guys that were walk-on. So it's that's it's a big pre- deal. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's it's tough to do, and you really got to be finding ways to contribute. A lot of it's special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big one, um, and then my senior year, we ended up beating. OU and it wasn't a great season besides that honestly <laughs> but but I remember just like 
we we beat them in all three phases. It's not just that we beat them, but it, we just kind of out physical them, out tough them, yeah. and out out coach them really. And it was it was uh, just one of those moments that you you know they were ranked top ten, I think, or they they were ranked, and I don't think we were ranked. And no one expected. I think I remember that game. Yeah, man. No one expected us to come out, but we just you know brought the fire mm-hmm. and and uh, took it to them and brought home the golden hat in senior year. It's it's one of those days you don't forget. Yeah, and then I mean besides that, just blocking for uh, for old Tyrone swoops for for a touchdown over there. Yeah, um, getting getting my playing time where I find it, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Getting where you fit in. Yeah. So you mentioned making the travel squad two years in, in a row at, mm-hmm. from a walk on is a pretty big deal. So were there some times where you were frustrated that you weren't getting the time that you had hoped for, or um, what were some of the lows from your experience at UT? Man, I had some some uh, some definite highs. Enjoyed the experience. I had some low moments too, um, and I, I I remember after that uh, that spring, Riley Dodge was the the uh, QB uh, GC at the time. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember throwing the ball with him and being like. Uh, him, him, kind of pumping me up and be like, Dom, if you could learn how to catch here, like, <laughs> like, like you could start. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you've been a, a Southlake Dragon yourself. When when Riley Dodge is telling you that, it's kind of surreal to me. Yeah. Saying, like, uh, you believe him, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was like, okay, like I, I can do this. I belong here. Right. Um, and so I was, I was vying for a starting position. Was actually listed as a starter. Uh, going into the the first game and ended up just just not working out that mm-hmm. that I, I didn't I didn't get the start but you know still competing yeah. I was like I'm I'm knocking on the door here but then the low moment came when uh, my senior year like man right like in fall camp like before the uh, the season started I uh, got hurt mm-hmm. and and uh, hurt my throat actually um, throat okay. yeah yeah. I, Football yeah. injury? No, fist fight injury, man. Oh, yeah. I, that, that, that's kind of the fullback mentality. Yeah. I, I kind of took on the uh, the enforcer role, kind of helping uh, maintain the culture, yeah. as as it, as it were. But yeah, got got in a little uh, tussle and uh, got got hit just right. That uh, you know, I eventually got cleared. But I was like, man, I prayed about it. And I was like. I don't think I need to be messing with my throat here. So right. uh, it's one of those things. It's it's uh, it's a bummer. You're like, man, I'm I'm I don't not guaranteed to get a scholarship if I start if I uh, didn't get hurt. But I was like in the conversation and just uh, you know kind of losing out on your senior years always a hard thing. But yeah. and God God uses situations like that in, in different ways. Was able to really double down on my academics and mm-hmm. and uh, getting a good law school at, at SMU. Focus on the LSAT. Yeah. Uh, so man, just make, control what you can control. Can't control how you get in uh, get injured, but you can definitely take lessons from it and just grow from there, man. Right. So you would say that how you got through that is just by focusing on the fact that it kind of is what it is. But there's a lot of other things I can do. And that I can control that I'm going to focus on instead of focusing on a you know what if or I wish I could still be playing or whatever the case may be. Yeah, man, I'm not saying I didn't do that. Like there, there there's a lot of times I was just like, man, I'm like I feel fine, mm-hmm. but I just know I can't play right now. Yeah. Like, so it's it's frustrating that way that the the rest of your body's good to go, but mm-hmm. you know you can't be making full contact with uh, giant middle linebackers. With a with a chink in your armor like that, right? Um, but yeah, man, just trying to have a, a gratitude mindset, which I mean, 
uh, and, and focus on the silver linings, what you, what you have and all the blessings that you've been given rather than what you've lost. For and, sure. And hell, hey man, it's, uh, that's been a useful skill lately with all this COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a lot of translatable lessons, I think, that you take from football. Um, you know, how to win well, how to, how to take your losses, how to take setbacks in life. And, you know, that's just another example, I think. Yeah. So can you expand even more just on some of the lessons that you took and whether it be just from football period or from being a walk on or both? I mean, what, what are the kind of the key lessons that you learned um, from all of your experience? Man, I mean, there, there's so many, uh, it's, it's hard to boil it down, but it's, it's just one of the most formative times. Uh, I've learned so much about from about life from football, uh, both at high school and college. But I mean, even just practical nuts and bolts things like time management, doing the little things right, uh, being detail oriented oriented guy, uh, being on time always, controlling what you can control. Um, those those are those are easy ones. But man, just just the self confidence and self belief mm-hmm. that. If you don't believe in yourself, no one else is gonna is gonna believe in you uh, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guarantee if you were like timid and not ready to to go for those thirty goal line plays in a row, beginning of practice with Charlie Strong, nobody else on the team was gonna think, "Oh, Dom can handle this." Dom's nah. hard nose, like they weren't gonna want you in the game at that point. Nah, man, and and just the frankly the work ethic. I mean, in law school especially, I remember having conversations with some of my buddies and. And it seemed like it was the first time they've really put in work, like really been introduced to the grind. I'm like, man, I've been, I've been, wait, I've been <laughs> waking up at 5 a.m., getting get my tail kicked here, yeah. having to deal with a full school load, uh, go to practice, go to film, do my homework, go like... Get, so get, law school felt easy for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not that it <laughs> not was easy, really. but it, it was just more of the same, man. It, right. It's uh, instead of getting my, my butt kicked by strength coaches, I was getting my butt kicked by law professors. Yeah, I was like, it's the same grind, man, and it's really been that way. I think uh, even after law school, yeah, of of you know all those lessons that I, I just mentioned translate. So would you say you implement anything specific now in your professional career that you learned from? whether it's performance scores or from your walk-on experience, would you say there's principles that you implement directly? And if so, can you elaborate on them a little bit? That can be anything from getting up to work out or to read or to mm. prep for the day or prep for the night before, whatever it might be. Mm. What, what do you think? Yeah, man, one thing that I've, I've definitely taken from that and that I still apply every day, and I know you do this too, is waking up early. Mm-hmm. Man, if you, if you want to have the life you want to have, whether that be getting into the word, getting your workout in, uh, getting your the rest of your life put together, man. If you wake up early when no one is competing for your time, you don't have any partners or, or in your case, physicians uh, emailing you yet. Mm-hmm. No, no one's vying for your attention. You can use that time. It's found time if you if you'll find it mm-hmm. to focus on the things that are really important to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, that's that's one thing that. I, uh, I use every day of my life and, and you know I wasn't born a morning person I don't think but, <laughs> but football kind of forged me into one by, by necessity yeah 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 it's funny I uh, I read an article on LinkedIn that said if he, it was a gentleman who was talking about how he had gained weight and was probably like 20 to 30 pounds overweight and he started getting up at 4 a.m. and he would like check his emails quickly and then he would work out mm-hmm. and then he would help get his kids ready for school and that he burned off the weight like so fast and he talked about the fact that if you get up like 
you know, two hours earlier, like whether that's six or four, whatever the case may be, I can't remember the exact numbers, but the point is you gain like 72 extra days when you accumulate that time. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. I don't, when people tell me they don't have time, I need to have a conversation <laughs> with them before I believe them. I'm right. like, there's more time in the day than you think, and you can you can really use that time. I mean, you have 72 extra days or whatever throughout the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a different life in three months. For sure. Uh, it, and it's just that, that commitment and discipline, I think, uh, to to make it happen and just to manifest what, whatever you're you're really aiming for. But you have to, another thing I had, I learned, uh, maybe, maybe I learned this, uh, the hard way is you have to, if you want to hit a target, mm-hmm. you have to aim at that target and you have to identify the target, mm-hmm. uh, to, to really make it happen. Man. What, what are you talking about? So for instance, uh, you know, becoming a starter for, uh, at, at Texas, like that was a goal I had, um, and I don't, I, I didn't uh, communicate it. I think like just because you have the goal in your head, mm-hmm. um, if you if you leave it there and and just leave it unspoken, you're kind of shortchanging yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't want to be sharing your hopes and dreams with any anyone you meet off, off the street. But right. but if you tell your coach like, hey, this is what my goal is, and it's like someone in mentor capacity uh, that that can help you manifest that, mm-hmm. man, that's that's something you really need to be able to do. So you told your coach that, hey, no, I, I want to be a starter here. This is why I'm doing this. So I didn't do that is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I painted the target in my own head, but there, there's more you can do beyond that to, to really help you hit the target. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, doing it right, uh, I remember walking in day one of law school. I, I, I had my, my goals written up on mm-hmm. my, on my uh, whiteboard in my room and getting top 15%. Mm-hmm. And graduating with high honors was like first of the list. And I remember my my last semester of law school. Law school kind of gets progressively easier as, <laughs> as you go on. Like yeah. the first year is like is a beat down. But do, they, like, do they weed people out that way? Like are they trying to see if people will drop out? Is that something that happens in law school? So it's not necessarily trying to get people to drop out, but you're just the way the recruiting process works. Everyone's on an even playing field. First, first year, uh, first semesters. Mm-hmm. So, uh, law law firms will hire based on your GPA because that's the best indicator they have. So it's like the GPA is is all they look at for yeah. hiring for the first year, and that that job after your first year can oftentimes uh, through a series of steps turn into your postgraduate uh, position, which you can lock down the following summer. Okay. Yeah. So getting getting grade good grades the first semester is really important but if you do that uh you can make your uh you can get your job secured before going to your third year your mm-hmm. postgraduate job and then you're you, you've accomplished what you right. meant, what you right. wanted to in, in law school uh but i i remember i like i had my job locked down uh started start my third year uh but i just remember looking up my, at my whiteboard man i was like i'm not quite there right. I, mean, I, I had i haven't i haven't met that goal yet and uh you know, I ended up taking 17 hours my last semester, uh, and and like I I didn't get above uh, the high honors mark until my last grade. Wow, my last grade, and I rem- I remember like thinking back to to college, I was like, man, I was one one thousandth of a point short of honors. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not doing it again. Right, right, right. So it was all about writing down your goal, identifying it, staying focused on it, yeah, and man. driving to the finish line. I yeah. Mean, Dude, 
that's wild. It's funny. This is not at all the same because I was literally trying to just have the GPA requirement to get a job. But my first job out of college, I needed uh, a certain GPA to get it. And I literally got 0.01. Like, yes, literally 0.01 above what was required. And I just remember being like, oh my <laughs> gosh. So, See, and, and, and that's, man, that's a great, great thing to be reminded of is you never know where that that point oh oh one or whatever came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never know what what was the difference maker, and that's why you gotta just you can't leave anything on the table, man. Yeah. Like if you if you're really committed to something, you just gotta leave it all out there. You, you, sometimes you don't you have no idea if you're playing the margins or not. Right. Yeah. And it just made me think of another common phrase that my head coach used to always say was just that, like the little things make a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, point zero 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 one seems like a little thing, but if that's the difference between you being, you know, top fifteen percent in your law class or getting a job or not, then that's a big difference. Right. Um, so yeah, always pay attention to the small things and the details and whatever you're doing. Um, so I guess any advice to any young cats listening if they're trying to walk on or if they don't know if they're maybe on the cusp, well, I don't know if I should do this or not. Do you have any pearls you want to drop on the people? Man, I'd say if, if in your heart you think you really want to do it, give it a shot. You don't know where it's going to go. It's it's going to be a long journey. It's an adventure. Uh, you'll learn a lot about yourself and life by doing it. And like we were saying earlier, you'll figure out pretty quick if it's not for you. And there's you know if you do it for a year or even a semester, uh, you you'll at least try it and you'll you'll know if it's not for you. But if it is for you, man. Uh, you'll forever regret not not at least giving it a shot and, and not seeing what it was about because it can be uh, a life-changing thing if it, if it works out and if it's for you mm-hmm. and uh, it, it can just shape you in ways that you, you never would have imagined. Yeah, and I think yeah. you, you may have said this earlier, but would you say a large part of who you are today is a result of your experience and the molding and shaping that you went through uh, coming up from a walk-on at the university? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even from just the walk-on perspective and, and learning about life that way, but man, just the, the camaraderie and brotherhood that you establish with the guys just through the shared trials, mm-hmm. uh, those relationships, I don't know how you can, uh, you can match those uh, on a lot of ways. I mean, I know a lot of guys have their frats and, and, and all that, but it's a, it's a different kind of bond, I think. And those are guys that I'm going to be friends with my whole life. You know, mm-hmm. uh, those, I go to the wedding, see their kids. I mean, there's there's no another way you can uh, recreate that in just a normal college experience. Yeah, no doubt.